Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. Now, this week I have Good Wives and Warriors, the painting and illustrator duo here with me in the studio. And we are going to be speaking about commissions, the illustrator industry and what it means to work as a creative double act. And then if we've got time, we're going to do some art in the news, which, as I've expressed to my guests, is a little bit depressing. It's Corona related. So maybe we won't have time for that purposefully, but we shall see. So without further ado, I have Louise Chapel and Becky Bolton, a.k.a. Good Wives and Warriors here with me in the studio. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. How are you both doing? Yeah, good. good. Yep. Thank you so much for coming and um, and speaking me ooh, speaking with me speaking with me today. Um, now, okay, the first thing I wanted to talk to you both about is where did the name Good Wives and Warriors come from? Because this is your double act, your kind of the name you operate under, isn't it? So, yeah, well, it's, it's actually really hard to think of a good name. Um, we because you're trying to you're trying to get something that's timeless. It's mm. not going to date. You want something that represents you. So I think we spent a long time trying to think mm. of something that did that. And um, <clears throat> I mean, we were we were little girls in the 80s. So I think we both had um, name keyrings. It's really naff. Like, no, it's you know, not. It's what, a cool. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> what does your name mean? And I had one that said Rebecca, a good wife. And Louise probably had one that said Louise, a warrior. And together we were like, hang on, that's what our, ma- our names, that's what they mean. Yeah. And the sort of the push and pull or the sort of nurturing yet fighting dynamic of that. Sure. We were like, yeah, good wives and warriors. That's actually pretty good. And um, it just, that's, we've just had it ever since. I like that. So, so yeah. it's the kind of the dual nature of, of femininity in some ways as well. Yeah. Although I can't believe that a keyring said, we'll be a good wife. <laughs> well, there is, it was the 80s. I know, 80s, how, yeah. things, how things have changed. Um, I love that as well. So you, so you have been, um, you've been painting and illustrating together from the 80s, is that right? Oh, oh no. Well, well, we were actually, we're from the same part of the world that we, um, like little villages about 10 minutes apart, oh. but we didn't meet until we were 18 at art school. So we went to the Glasgow School of Art and that's where we met on the first week and sort of became friends. Oh, I love that. That's actually a really lovely story. That's a very rare story as well of how people, you know, people are still friends from that long ago. That's really nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because... I think for the two of us, all of our kiddie pictures are the same. Like we're standing in front of the same castles because we're both from Scotland and we're, I don't know, so we have like a sort of shared... Absolutely. That probably helps with working together as well, I imagine. But we will come to that. So, okay, I want to know how you became artists and did you have any formal training? Because by the looks of your work, it is absolutely beautiful and incredible. And I can't imagine that, uh, well, you didn't have some sort of guidance to to be able to produce such beautiful work. Well, I think we always, we both always wanted to be artists and um, we both had visions of going to Glasgow School of Art. Um, We studied painting there and it was quite a traditional art programme. Um, we did, I mean, Louise was a lot better at life painting than me. We did have formal classes. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the only formal training that we yeah. actually mm. got, was, just like studio-based. It was mainly studio time, four years in the studio, being given that space. But, I mean, I think we'll both, we just did a many horrendous paintings. It's not like we really <laughs> discovered ourselves <laughs> there, is horrendous paintings. Oh, God, horrendous. <laughs> anyway, so it wasn't until after we left that the two of us, it was more that we just had this attitude that we wanted to do stuff and doing stuff together because we were best friends made Mm. it fun and easy and 
we just God, I love that. It's like the friendship happened first, and then you yeah. were like, we can actually make, we can monetize how much we like well, each like, other we and how talented mon- we are. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> oh wasn't gosh. monetizing at the beginning. <laughs> no. Was it, really? no, no, no. Oh, my so, goodness. So, so we did have training, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was sort of formal. Amazing. And then what happened after then? Did you uh, kind of go straight away into making up your business together or did you train for a bit more or? Oh, well, it's a little bit complicated because we were studying painting. Mm -hmm. But then in our second year, we set up a little business together doing something completely different, which was more like sort of designing, making things. And when we graduated, we tried to set up that as a proper business. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) And we sort of did that for about two years. Um, sitting in a little shed in a big cold warehouse in Glasgow before we realised it wasn't really the right thing and what we wanted to do was draw and paint and what we yeah. were good at was drawing and painting and just to keep it simple and do the thing that we really liked and that's when Absolutely. Good Wives and Warriors came about. Because we hadn't really done, we hadn't been trained to be illustrators. You know, mm. we, 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 we loved making work but we hadn't made it in that direction so far. Sure. So, I think the first painting we collaborated on, we were doing, we just did a wall painting together. Mm. And um, that was our first sort of liberating experience of not painting on a canvas, not having any stuff, yeah. just being yeah. like, let's just paint on a giant wall. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gets so painted easy. over. It yeah. felt so easy. Oh, it felt so nice. natural and being like, I don't know, just having the space. We didn't need anything. I think yeah. it should feel like that though when you've sort of found something that fits. That yeah. is the feeling, isn't it? And you know, it was really good as well going from doing a fine art degree and then sort of stepping away from it into this more kind of commercial world. Mm. It sort of lifted any of the baggage of trying to make something that was to like sell. in brackets like fine art but yeah. still yeah, commercial. Yeah. And then we could just sort of do whatever we wanted to do. And that was that was great. That is so exciting. Now, I kind of want to, for the listeners, because I've seen some of your work, I've had the pleasure of looking at your website and looking at some of the pieces. So, I mean, you create large scale installations and also illustrations. You take commissions for those. So can you describe some of the work for the listeners so that we, they can kind of gauge what we're talking about here? Well, I think one of... Our most memorable pieces, what the one I enjoyed the most, was in uh, Milan. It was at the Milan Expo, and it was the first time that we got to be on Cherry Pickers. So it was a huge wall. It was actually like the side of a pavilion. Wow. And we spent nearly, was it nearly two weeks? Two weeks. It was huge, painting this massive um, uh, mural of... It was an infographic it was an inf- kind of thing. Yes, it was sea creatures. But right, cool. But our, our work is really detailed and everything kind of interconnects and it usually draws lots of different sort of botanical or natural or scientific imagery. A lot of our big wall stuff is black and white mm. um, and it's just usually a big sprawling mass or a kind of sprawling mass within a contained shape. Because we don't really plan. So that's why how we can work together is that and we always say it's like a spontaneous collaboration in that we're not planning what we do. I do a bit, Louise does a bit, it grows, it's all organic. It's all, yeah. Oh, my God, you must yeah. have some serious ability to sort of read each other's minds <laughs> or at least <laughs> the, an incredible off, compatibility it it so for that. easy. Like, with most, even, even our illustration work, I do half, I just give it to Louise. I don't have to finish anything. You know, like, we... Yeah. It just makes everything... Yeah, if you're struggling and something's not going very well, then the other yeah. person can just, like, pick it up. Oh, my goodness. And that, that works in the wall paintings as well. Yeah, we'll start a bit and be like, oh, God, I don't know where I'm going. And then Louise just be like, don't worry, I'll just finish this off. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, I absolutely cannot believe how lucky you both got in finding each other and yeah. being able to have that relationship working. That's amazing. Um, and, I mean, you also work with... You've worked with quite a lot of companies worldwide, haven't you? Some really, really big names. Can you think of any kind of particular um, projects that you've loved doing? We, I think one of our 
first big commercial ones was for Absolute Vodka, and we did a, an advert with them, and it was painting this um, 20-foot bottle that we had to be suspended wow. on swings to paint. Oh, <laughs> that was like a bit nuts. Part, like, our shots were just like, why are we the ones swinging? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, and there's a lot of technical difficulties painting on a swing. Yeah. Um, suspended sure. in a giant warehouse. But uh, yeah, so that was, we do that kind of thing where sometimes um, big companies like Absolute or like Adidas or Tiger Beer have, have commissioned us to do something that's uh, like a large-scale painting, but is then used for commercial purposes. But then we've also done um, work with the BBC. We did a big painting for them and for the Barbican and yeah, but different different things. Bits Very and bobs. cool. That is so exciting. I love that. I love that you're on swings as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't. I <laughs> can't. Hilarious. I know. I struggle <laughs> even when I'm in situ. That must be really tricky. Um, so do you always? You probably. This is probably an obvious answer to this question. Do you always work together on projects? Are they always collaborative. Well, with Good Wives and Warriors, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's been since we were 21. It's been a long time. I mean, why fix it if it's not broken? Yeah. That's what I say. So do you have different things that you bring to each project? As you said, kind of one person might start something and the other person finishes it. Is that how it works normally? What's the dynamic? Or Louise brings the skill, I bring the biscuits. <laughs> I don't believe um, you at all. You did bring the Jaffa cakes today. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I think when we first started off, we had a different skill set, so maybe a slightly different style. And then over the years, it's turned into maybe like one, just one house style. And we both, you couldn't really tell who painted what. So I think now that it's, yeah, it's pretty even. It's pretty equal. Mm. Um, it just depends on who's... <laughs> No, I like He's that. available. I like that a lot. Um, and, and how is it working so closely with someone else, you know, all the time, I guess? Uh, you're, you're at work, you're with yeah, another person. Always, I mean, we've spent so many hours together doing, mm. doing paintings. I mean, I suppose we used to play games didn't we you know like in our oh my god yeah <laughs> we've had a lot of ridiculous conversations of like <laughs> I mean that the moral no, that's mess, that's moral that's mess we called it that oh wait it, no it? tell me about moral mess how do I play well, moral mess it would basically mess? be would you sell it would be like a price on what we would do commercial work for so oh, or like whether bad. you would sacrifice your t- what would you have a toe cut off for I, just like uh, just uh, yeah, I've, this, I've, like I've played what? a version of this game yeah. on non-car journeys yeah 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 so it's like would you rather live in a haunted house but you paid like it's a huge house and you paid really cheap for it or would you rather live in a tiny flat, blah, 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 but yeah, there's yeah. whatever. It's like weird. Many <laughs> hours conundrums. of that. We've, yeah. Ours would be like, would you, you know, like, would you get paid a million pounds to do a Coca-Cola advert if you got this and this and... <laughs> yeah, wearing like, a bikini thong. Yeah, we had all this. <laughs> like, where would our levels of morality versus money come from? <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I like that spin to it. That's great. Again, I would probably, I think all of our minds have ventured there at some <laughs> point working freelance. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what is your approach to the creative process? How do you go from the conception of an idea to a finished project that you were both really really happy with okay well it depends if it's a fine arts thing it's usually some kind of idea or obsession that we've come to naturally and then we try and find someone who let us do it and we have this big imaginary (laughs) book of ideas that whenever we get asked to an exhibition um, we kind of scroll through it and be like, oh, we could do that thing that we've been wanting to do be for ages. with a thong, a Coca-Cola, <laughs> I've got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but also, I think with a lot of our, with, with our artworks like that, if it's in a setting, like it's often our work is dictated by something social. So with the mm. BBC, it was about interviewing the people in that area or when we, we went to South America to do some work. So we would have to do a painting related to the area we were in or you yeah. know it, or the architect that designed the building we'd use references you know so i think place is a big part of that mm. too in terms of our inspiration for those paintings mm. yeah definitely yeah and then with illustration work i mean it's it's so brief brief led that 
we're kind of doing what we're asked really but then just using our style in a way that companies want so so companies will kind of come to you and say like i've got this idea for a, a bottle design or exactly. a packaging design yeah. and then and then you i guess yeah you yeah. kind of creatively within that, the <clears throat> sure. parameters of that that's really interesting i i i'm so intrigued as to how that all works um so you mentioned that you you kind of paint and you illustrate you mm-hmm. know what kind of mediums are you using and what are the benefits of each of those mediums depending on project i suppose that's a big question, isn't it? Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite easy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Our true love is this um, it's the paint we use for everything large scale. Um, and it's uh, just standard blackboard paint. And it's super pigment rich. It's super cheap. Um, it is kind of like this wonder liquid that we could do, I don't know. Every I tone. Know. Every, yeah. every tone. So it's beautiful. And we hardly use any of it. We usually yeah. have like a little like espresso cups worth of paint, and you could do a room oh, almost. Wow, and it's really really rich and like yeah, ah, it's it just gorgeous. Or anything. That's cool. It has like the most beautiful black. You know, there's all this hype with um various like yeah. special paints and people. You know, <laughs> yeah. who is it? They're, they're black and they're blue. Yeah, and Nishkapur is, is Nishkapur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is our um like Leyland's B and Q version. I <laughs> so. love that. I love that. You don't have to get the blackest black to yeah. get the most uh, vivid. Uh, outcome I suppose yeah so that's our that's our wall painting thing and then the rest of the time we're working in inks and pens watercolor <laughs> it's pretty basic it's, yeah, it's nothing nothing complicated I mean I think when we started traveling it was so easy for us that all we needed was a pot of paint and mm. some paint brushes mm-hmm. and we could just paint anywhere yeah, and that's the benefit, isn't it? When you're when you've got so, a, a simple, as it were, medium, mm-hmm. you can take it on the go, and mm-hmm. then then you can, you know, where the inspiration takes you. I think there's a romantic idea of that with artists, isn't there? Yeah. Do you paint on the go? And and if you do, then you kind of need to have your basics, don't you? Your pencils or your mm-hmm. watercolors or yeah. something yeah. like that. You can't be setting up oils, I don't think, uh, easily. No. <laughs> with no all way. that. Um, so, all right. So, where do the? I mean, again, we've kind of answered this question, but I want to know whether the kind of the color choices come from or the themes, perhaps that. You you are thinking of when you're given this brief but I don't know whether they have an idea what? commercially do you mean commercially or both okay. I suppose if you've got a brief that obviously might be dictated but yeah I mean in in the old days when we were doing you know wall paintings we we just wanted to do black and white it, it sort of made it to us more of a wall painting than a mural because mm. I think we had you know the sort of naff 80s leisure center connotations <laughs> of a mural <laughs> you know yes. we were doing it at a stage where it hadn't really I mean it's becoming more you know more and more people doing it now but you know sort of 15 years ago mm-hmm. it was still it felt like us doing these black and white large murals was quite you know different and it was really easy for us and then we've we were a bit scared of color I think oh we god yeah didn't want to even go there um, mm, and it then does open the, up quite a few yeah, doors of life. Yeah. And then it's only been recently where we've been doing books. We did our own um, a book. Was that Mythmatch? No. Well, I suppose that was full colour, wasn't it? And then that was full colour. Yeah. But we've been working on a new book, which is full colour paintings. And they take ages. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out. We hadn't thought about the time involved. Out, yeah. Full <laughs> paintings do take a while. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, so colour is only recent development. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, I mean, right. pops of colour before, but yeah, yeah, we usually put colour behind line work. Yeah. And then the colour would take us so much longer than the really intricate painting mm. on top of it. Yeah. To get like I don't know, just to get a nice surface. I think you're thinking about so many things at once, aren't you? When you're doing something like that, that it, it's sometimes quite nice to only think about right. I know I'm painting in black and white, mm. therefore it's only the design I need to yeah. really exhaust myself on exactly. yeah. whereas when there's colour too you're like oh there's so many things seeding in I think we hid behind it for years 
actually yeah. hid, hidden monochrome. It can really ruin a, ruin it too. Oh yeah. god, yeah. I feel like with a bl with with paint, we could make a massive mistake. No one would know. We'd make it into something else. Mm. If you mess up on your colour, it's just yeah. a bad. You've painting. got a sludgy situation, yeah. a, a brown situation going uh, <laughs> going on. So um, yeah. Do you use what? Do you use watercolour then? Is that your main kind of painting? Mm. I feel like it's Colourful. mostly inks. Really, we use yeah. inks like the watercolour, mm. and then with a bit of watercolour, and then with a bit of gouache. Mm -hmm. And a bit of like um, Pantone pens nice. in the new book. So the effect is quite rich and quite lovely when it works. Mm. But it's um yeah 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 absolutely. <laughs> I want to talk about your book as well. We've got um don't you worry, put aside time to talk about that <laughs> in the end. Uh, but I, again, we're kind of answering these questions as we're going. But the different spaces that you are working in does that really affect what you think you can do with the design? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. We're really affected by space. Um. And we'd like that in the work as well. Um, we like kind of coming into a, into a room or into a physical space and thinking like, okay, how can the painting sort of wrap around this or what can we do in this space? And then I think the big things are more satisfying physically. There's something very nice about being able to sort of do a huge stretch with your arm to do uh, a line. But then also the small work on paper we can equally enjoy. It has its own merits mm -hmm. and you can still, you know, do something quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite, it's quite nice to sort of well I imagine it must be quite nice to kind of oscillate between the intensity of like really yeah. tiny detailed mm -hmm. stuff and then become a little bit more liberated perhaps yeah. with the bigger work that's yeah. interesting uh, the worst thing for us would be like a sort of two metre by one metre board right <laughs> with a border that we yeah. can't go out of like that's oh, hard okay. that's hard and compressed oh, give us something like tiny it. or give us something epic yeah. oh I like that yeah. okay I can see that I can see that so this this absolute vodka piece you did was that just black and white or was that because that was a no, huge piece was colour it was Color. That was color. But it had very stylized color, so just like yeah. a rainbow section and then blocks of color. So then I think right. that's what we started to try and do. And then we went through a stage of doing very expressive color, sort mm. of like expressionist backgrounds, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. painting on top of that. And that kind of works sometimes. I like that. You're like, I've got this new skill, I need to express the color now. <laughs> oh, that was really fun. I think we felt like toddlers again when we started doing that. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've gone through different stages. I think we've been doing this now for. 11 years. 15 years, isn't it? Good, good Wives and Warriors, 12 years. 12 years. Good Wives no, and Warriors. No, we started in 2005, didn't we? Oh, it's confusing because you've just yeah. known each other so long. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a long time anyway. Absolutely. All right, so, okay, how do you hope the audience will respond to your work as well? Like, I mean, I say that it, it must be difficult to imagine further than just completing a huge project. But uh, Well, I, th I think, again, that depends on where we are in the space. So, I mean, when we were doing a painting, when we do paintings, Often in other countries, people are really interested in coming and sort of watching and talking to us. And mm. I think we enjoy we enjoy people watching us paint, and mm. it's quite a nice thing to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And whether that's in a gallery or it's on street level or with the BBC, it was with the people in that community watching us. People love watching people work. They love what, mm. and they want to talk to <laughs> they us do. a lot. Yeah. And um, <laughs> with that painting, the BBC one, it was great because it was the contribution. So we were actually, you know, you know, encouraging it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes we get. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to respond to people. I don't think mm. many artists actually get to be in the space mm. talking to the, the people that are seeing their work. And uh, we've not got too much abuse, have we? I mean, <laughs> no, I so, hope not. No, that's interesting because you're working up. with the interaction as well. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That must be an interesting um, experience. You're getting reactions as you're producing, which is you know, far more immediate than many artists, I imagine, mm. have to wait a couple of months before anyone sees anything. <laughs> and the pressure does something. I think. Well, the pressure of that is quite good because... 
it kind of forces you to think about the outcome and what people are going to take away from it because your your audience you're there with your audience mm -hmm. and I think that made us always want to do something that was kind of generous and maybe that's why I work so interconnecting and detailed and image based because we wanted something that people could look at for a long time and see different things in it and yeah and understand it easily as well we didn't we and I think we've done a few conceptual things but mostly oh. our stuff's pretty we want people <laughs> pretty straightforward like, yeah to see what to it enjoy is it, from yeah, kids yeah. To, I mean all ages you know it's not I think with a lot of artists they can do something that maybe you need the background and you need the education you need to the text yeah. as well exactly. especially whereas with us you know work. people could just come like oh I, I love that bird you've drawn I love yeah. that lute yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like really, really obvious totally like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah no I get I completely get yeah. and also accessible. you can look at it yeah accessible yeah. yes that's a great word and, and it is and I mean as I said I, I, I've you know had the benefit of seeing some of your work and you you can hone in on those really detailed uh, bits or you can look at it as a whole and it has a different effect mm. depending on what you're mm. looking for which is really interesting but again very accessible because you can see what is it looks like what it is so that's very very cool do you i mean creatively you know you, you're both freelance is that how you would describe yep. is that difficult to sustain i mean we're talking about this in the midst of coronavirus <laughs> which yeah. i realize is no joking matter but um yeah how does that work for you do you find it kind of have a nice sort of gentle flow of work or does mm. it all come at once <laughs> well we had a lot of years um making no money mm. and i think that we were like when we first started off, we were obviously working like three different jobs and waitressing and teaching, mm -hmm. doing different bits and bobs. Mm -hmm. um, I think we always put in long, late hours around other things to keep it going. I mean, we worked up until a couple of years ago, we were working six days a week for years. We only wow. ever had Sundays off. And that Goodness was, me. yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. But I mean, we... Um, we have agents now, so that helps with getting illustration work. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, and yeah. then with our sort of large-scale wall painting stuff, we would just do them whenever we get asked or, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was going to say, the commercial work often funds the fine art work. Yeah. So that's quite handy because I think having done fine art degrees, we felt a little bit... Um, there's a little bit of stigma to doing things that were commercial, yeah. but in a way, having that duality to our practice has meant that one side funds the other, and Absolutely. then the fine art side kind of enables the commercial side because mm. that's the stuff that's more interesting creatively and more visual, yeah. and, and often then people, people can see, see that exactly. and think, oh, I'd really like to do something yeah, based yeah. on exactly. that. That's really it's interesting, a what a symbiotic. good relationship. 100% absolutely and I want to talk a little bit about your exhibitions because you've had um, some corkers you've been to London, Berlin, Paris, Melbourne, Buenos Aires, San Francisco I've <laughs> to name a few uh, do you have any favourite favourite places you've been projects you've done in those countries because that's quite the the CV <laughs> I mean probably Brazil is a big highlight right yeah they were, that was amazing that was for a big art festival and we did two I think that was amazing because we had a really long time we had 13 days and then we were there six second? weeks in total. Yeah. We had two two week paintings, and then we spent a week hot um, <laughs> on a beach. So oh, that yeah. sounds delightful. That was really yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Work hard, play hard. I think is the motto. But actually, we took because we did we were doing a painting after that, so we'd done a lot of research to do a sort of mm. painting based on the area in Brazil. So we right. took that back to then do that as part of a, a piece. So sure. it wasn't just pure. Did you do it on pleasure. site though? You did the, you did the work in Brazil, you actually? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what was the what was the commission of the project? So the, the festival was the um, Nova Contemporary um, Culture Festival. So mm -hmm. we did one painting there in the Museum of Sound and Image. And then we'd come back and we worked in a, a, a project space called Sesc Pompeia. And that was a space that was for the community. And it was, um, it's, it's funded by a government project that is 
for the people, really. It was amazing, actually. Yeah. So you had this huge cross-section of society in this big public space. It was like libraries and art spaces and musical venues. And then with the um, the festival had uh, musicians and uh visual artists and like all, all different people from around the world so we were in this big art gang I love that. I think that's going the, for food and it was great that's that was the best lovely. thing about art though is it not like that it just does bring people together I think that is um, yeah it definitely can yeah something we can try and remember in this time of, uh, of difficulty shall we say um, alright so what projects are you working on at the moment because I know that you've just had a book released well <laughs> the book just went to print uh, two weeks ago a week yes. ago yes. Um, and it will be out in September September. I don't know the date. Okay, no problem. And what that. is the title of said book? <laughs> title is Mythopedia. Right, okay. Yeah. It's an encyclopedia of mythical beasts. Oh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Mythopedia from oh, around the world. That's very cool that, that you've drawn yourselves. Is it all, yeah, it's kind of all illustrated? Us, so it's our, oh, yeah, our cool. idea. It's what, 160 pages? It's taken a long time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a lot of beasts. It's been a labour of love. So. Oh my God. And it's yeah. a mixture of encyclopedia entries and also the folk tales surrounding all these different creatures. From around the world. Oh, it's I love history. That. Yeah. And it's where? Been... Um, sorry, no, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> no. I was just going to say, where can people buy this amazing book? I know that there's been some disruption with um, the presentation of it as well, hasn't there? Yeah. With with um, coronavirus has proved uh, to make this a bit difficult for you both. But is there anything we can do? <laughs> well, it's it's Lawrence King who are the publishers, mm-hmm. so um, it's kind of up to them as to where it goes and how they publicise it and who what bookshops have it. Yeah. But hopefully, all good bookshops awesome. would be the classic. <laughs> Yeah, all good bookshops. All good bookshops. All right, well, I, you know, I I wish you the very best of luck with that. And I also want to know where people can go to find you because I can imagine somebody listening right now being like, oh, I have an idea of I want a little project or (laughs) something like that. Or people are inspired. Our website address? Yeah, website, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Oh, sure. So it's (laughs) goodwivesandwarriors.co.uk. And that's findable on Instagram and we're not on Twitter I don't know if we should be no I mean I'm not I find it it's got very little to say unfortunately Um, (laughs) I just find it a little bit of a a difficult space sometimes isn't it it feels more negative than positive sometimes I suppose but I don't know so it's Good Wives and Warriors Good Wives and Warriors yeah Google us we're, we're there Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Becky and Louise, for talking to me. Good Wives and Warriors. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, we've got a little bit of time for art in the news. I I did not want to do this because it's <laughs> it's not positive news, guys. But uh, but there is some. I mean, there's some non-coronavirus related news. So I will start with that. And this is from the art newspaper. Um, and in 2021, the Galleria dell'Accademia during the Venice Biennale, Anish Kapoor is going to debut his collection with the blackest material in the universe, which is what we just spoke about with Louise and Becky. This is very topical. But the material is called Vantablack S. BIS, and it caused controversy in 2016 after many disputed that Kapoor's acquisition of the elusive rights to the development of the sprayable version of the colour, with many artists kind of saying that you should not be able to monopolise a colour, which, you know, I can see that side of it too, which is really interesting. But nevertheless, the new series of work will be seen by the public for the first time at this exhibition in Italy, and it will also be the first time that Vanta Black will be used in a work of art. And alongside this work, there'll also be the artist's void sculptures in blue and red pigments from which won the 1991 Turner Prize. So that is very exciting on uh, on that. If you can make it to Italy in 2021... 
as soon as things have kind of calmed down oh I hope we can all go back to Italy I'm sure we will be able to um, then you all should get yourselves there and have a look at that exhibition because I think that's going to be awesome now um, the budget report is out and I'm sure you guys have seen it but the UK Chancellor and the Exchequer uh, Sunak has promised 250 million towards supporting local museums and neighbourhood libraries in 2018 more than 130 libraries were forced to close around the UK and the budget for the Department of Digital Media, Culture and Sport, the DCMS for short, will be increasing its 1.6 billion budget to 1.7 billion next year. And there will be a funding of £25,000 per secondary school given annually to invest in, quote, arts activities. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. And finally, there will be eradication of the VAT on newspapers and mag- magazines and academic journals, journals from the 1st of December which we're hoping could kind of spread um, the arts in the written form as opposed to the visual form as well. And finally, the Asian art auctions are being postponed in the wake of the coronavirus. This includes a number of auction houses including Sotheby's, Christie's, Bonham's, Heritage and Doyle. They're all postponing their Asia Weeks in auction and New York's Asia Week as well. The annual event for Asian art galleries, exhibitions auctions is also going to be postponed as well as well as various art salon exhibitions in Paris they've also been told to reschedule too there are also concerns about the attendance to these exhibitions as well if they are being postponed or even if they're not being cancelled as last week's auction bought a disappointingly low figures that failed to reach estimates in big auction houses too so I mean not looking great in terms of um, the art world at the moment but we'll keep our fingers crossed and if I know many artists which I do I know that they keep their spirits high and uh, we'll get through (laughs) that is all we've got time for this afternoon thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me Anna Gammons we will be back next week at the same time of 3.30 and in the meantime if you do want to check out who is going to be coming on the show we'll be releasing sneak peeks on Instagram which is at Anna Gammons Art so see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM Thank you.